BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, it's official. The United States of America has become a country of selfish, self-centered, wimpy snowflakes. There's no going back now, and it's all because of Corona. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of The Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. When people believed everything they heard on TV. This was an age when only men were allowed to read the news. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. And suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. In other words, Graham Ledger was the balls. Mm. I look good. I mean, really good. Hey, everyone! Come and see how good I look! illegal immigrants to roam free in San Francisco or anywhere in the Bay Area, anywhere in the once golden state of California. The illegal immigrants are treated better than Americans on that boat. So we have this panic buying going on. It is mind-boggling. I cannot wrap my head around what is happening in this country. I simply cannot wrap my head around it. I'm trying desperately to piece all this together. What I've figured out is, is, is a simple formula here. The same people who are hoarding all of this toilet paper, buying up all this toilet paper, are the same morons who are selling all their stocks on Wall Street. You see, there's this certain synergy there, right? That's a beautiful thing. In reality, what they should be doing is what I'm doing. And that is... I'm not buying toilet paper, but I am buying stocks. Hello, everyone, again. I'm Graham Ledger, and this is The Ledger Report. It, you know, I have to laugh about it. I have to keep my humor, but it's, it's unbelievable how people are taking this self-quarantine thing and this social distancing thing. I don't even know what social distancing is. It's, uh, 
I don't know. It, it sounds to me like um, when you break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you suddenly have social distancing going on. <laughs> what is social? You've got to maintain a six-foot barrier. A six-foot barrier. This is so antithetical. This entire episode is so antithetical to being a human being, number one. Number two, to being an American. And I'll get into that in, in, in just a minute. But think about it. Think about it. You're Kim Jong-un, you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're eating bonbons and you're getting your uh, bowl haircut and you're watching what's happening in the United States. And you're seeing the country effectively, the people go nuts and the country, one by one, like a house of cards, is folding, is rolling in the sidewalks. Stopping doing business, stopping going to church, stopping shaking hands, stopping living life, stopping traveling, stopping getting on airlines, stopping on getting on buses, stopping Uber, stopping, stopping, stopping. We're grinding to a halt because of a bug. A bug is forcing America to a standstill. It's unbelievable. I, I just don't understand this. What the Trump administration is doing is fine. The travel ban and, and getting test kits out there and giving these daily updates, that's exactly what it should be doing, despite the withering criticism from the mainstream media and, of course, the Democrats. That's fine. But hoarding toilet paper? Hoarding water. Now, can you explain that one to me? These people hoarding bottled water. It's not exactly as if we're going through a nuclear winter where the water supply is contaminated, right? So why do you need all this bottled water? It's not an earthquake post-earthquake. Post when I've been through an earthquake, a major one in 1989, and there was no water, and you wanted bottled water, which is why they tell people who, who live in California always have a, you know, a healthy supply of bottled water, just in case it, it's not like that. We have tap water. <laughs> yeah, you know, it may not taste so good. It may, uh, it may have a little too much fluoride and a little bit too much of this chemical and maybe some rocks. You ever clean the filter of your, uh, your faucet? You know, I do this. I, I'm sure I'm a little bit odd. But every once in a while, I unscrew the filter in the kitchen faucet, and it's got these rocks. <laughs> Just saying to myself, well, thank goodness there's that little screen there to prevent the rocks from going in my body. Um, but but you're Kim Jong-un, and you're watching this, and you're saying, aha! <laughs> now I know how to get these people. We'll spread a bug. We'll grind America to a halt over a bug. It's the precedence here that's killing me. This is setting a horrible precedence for this country and for the future leaders of this country, right? The millennials are watching this. My daughter is, is now she's not freaking out, but she's concerned and she's talking to me about it and she's asking me about it. And I, I tell her, hon, you know, leadership is doing things that are difficult and, and maybe swimming against the tide. As Gandhi said, 
the lone voice in the wilderness is not necessarily wrong. Well, I feel like the lone voice here right now. And that is, go live your life. Don't let this thing shut down America. Again, we want to take some precautions. We want to use some common sense. If you don't want to go to a concert, then don't go. If you don't want to go to a basketball game, then don't go. But don't shut it down. You know, if attendance is off, it's off. But allow the hot dog guy to sell some hot dogs. And allow the Uber guy to drive some people to the concert or to the, the basketball game and soon-to-be baseball games. All canceled. ESPN puts a, a slate up there on, on Friday night. I just happened to catch it. And it said the day the sports world stopped. Apparently March 13, 2020 was the day the sports world stopped. <laughs> what are those guys going to talk about, by the way? What do they have to talk about? I remember the ancient days, the early days, the initial days of ESPN, they had Australian rules football on there. And you'd be at a restaurant or a bar, and they would have it on, and you'd be kind of watching it, and you're thinking, what in the hell are these hand signals they're doing there? And you kind of got a feel for how the thing uh, scored and, and what the, the players were trying to do. Is that what ESPN's going to have to do? I mean, think about it. We've gone back to the future. We're driving ourselves back to the Stone Age. Water? Bottled water? I was in another grocery store just 24 hours ago. No oranges. Now, people are stocking up on oranges? Well, how long are oranges going to... This is... It is so wrong. We're Americans. We shouldn't be doing this to other Americans. I wanted to go buy an orange. But I couldn't find any navel oranges because they were gone, wiped out. And right next to it, all the apples wiped out. And right next to that, the celery wiped out. Everything's wiped out. The only thing that was remaining was some strawberries they just put out there, probably not ripe, and the baby carrots. And I think I know why people are not buying baby carrots because there's this myth, and I've checked into it, it is a myth, that baby carrots have um, formaldehyde and all kinds of strange chemicals in it. It's not true, at least from the research that I have done. So maybe that's why the baby carrots were still on the shelf. It's just, it's it's crazy. Um, and I, I got to, you know, I think the CDC is doing a pretty good job, and I and I believe that they were right in delaying test kits uh, in this country and and making sure that they were our test kits versus ones from the World Health Organization, which is just an arm of the United Nations, which we don't trust and we shouldn't trust. Um, and so the CDC, you know, has made some good moves here. I think that uh, Dr. Fauci has done a pretty good job communicating. I think at times he swerves into the panic lane, and I wish he wouldn't do that, because Americans are obviously pretty susceptible to panic, and it's pretty pathetic. I really worry, I really worry if there's an actual emergency. I'm not downplaying the corona, okay? I'm not. It's a bug. It's a virus. It can be a threat to people who have compromised immune systems and or the elderly, all right? But I worry about an actual emergency here, like a war. What in the wide world of sports is this country going to do? And now we've taught the millennial generation that it's just fine to panic. 
what happens if we do have an actual threat to the homeland or God forbid we have to do another World War II kind of scenario where we have to go and help our allies in a fight. What are we going to do? Are we going to say, uh, no, you know, uh, I, I, I can't do that. I, I have to take a sick day and I want to be paid for it. So I need to take a leave of absence from life. I'm just going to close down for a couple of, couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and then, and then, you, can, uh, then you can draft me to go to war. I'm sorry to make fun of the millennials, but, uh, and I do have faith in them. After all, my daughter is a millennial. But damn, it, it, it scares the living daylights out of me what we're going through here. And this edict from the CDC, this was the problem, right? And I, they came out, it was about six or seven days ago. Uh, there's an article here in Business Insider. It says, the headline, Older Americans should consider stocking up on food and medications to avoid venturing out as coronavirus spreads. Here's the problem with that. Even though, in the article, it specifically says, people who are at highest risk for the virus should stock up on food, medication, other necessities, so they can avoid needing to venture out too much. Okay, so they're talking about who? Well, they're talking about the elderly and people with underlying medical conditions. But see, the American people, largely, don't see that. They don't see the word, it says older Americans in the headline, they just block out the word older and it, they, all they see is Americans should consider stocking up on food and bam, <laughs> bam, Costco gets flooded and people are hoarding toilet paper and they're hoarding bottled water and they're hoarding oranges apparently and apples too you've got to have perspective here you've got to keep things in perspective and we've got to compare what is going on with corona to what goes on every year it's called the cold and flu season. And I want to get into that, but first, the blue state governors and, and a lot of these local leaders, blue state, blue city, blue county, not exclusively. There are some red state and red city and county leadership that's, that's falling into this bandwagon. But they're all so quick, aren't they? To say, yeah, you know, Gatherings of a thousand people, gatherings of two hundred and fifty people, gatherings of ten people, twenty people, uh, it's banned. You can't meet. And of course, what does this affect on Sundays primarily? Ah, oh, well that affects church, right? So I go into my church today and it's empty, of course. And there's not gonna be a mass, and there's not gonna be a mass I don't know for maybe a month. These churches are just simply saying, okay, it's fine. The problem is, the, by the way, I saw a lady at church and she had gloves on. I don't know what kind of gloves they were. They were gloves, pretty thick gloves. And she was putting hand sanitizer on her gloves. <laughs> it's just double protection. Um, the problem with this is, 
we have this thing called the First Amendment. And it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right the people to peaceably assemble and petition government. Okay, so you have five things that are protected in the First Amendment. I just read it to you right there. Two of the five are under attack by these blue state governors and other municipalities that are saying, hey, you can't assemble. Is anybody considering that? That these edicts from Newsom and Cuomo are in violation of the United States Constitution, specifically Article uh, uh, Amendment Number 1? It's a violation of the freedom to assemble, but also it's a violation of our right to participate in religious ceremonies. You're killing two fundamental rights with one stone. Oh, don't worry about it, Ledger. It's just it's just temporary. Oh, really? Really? Or is it a dry run? Or is it government seizing just a little bit more control of our lives and taking away a little bit more of our liberty? Is it a precursor? Like in Nazi Germany. Oh, now he's comparing it to Nazi Germany. Well, this is how it started. And in Stalin's Russia, this is how it started. You know, the churches, they wanted to comply with government and these restrictions. And then suddenly one day there was no ability to participate in religion. And Jews were marched off to gas chambers. Yeah. Yeah. This scares the living daylights out of me. More than anything, I'm not scared of the coronavirus. I'm scared of the way the people of California and New York and what have you are just saying, fine. Even, even some homeowners associations. Now, you know, some communities, HOAs, uh, like an over 55 community, obviously they're dealing with people who are a heartbeat away, if you will, from problems from the coronavirus, because we know that corona uh, specifically is, is harder for people over 60, 70 years old to cope with it, and if they have an underlying health condition, all right? So we understand that. But these HOAs that are just coming out and unilaterally shutting down, for example, gymnasiums, isn't that a little bit counterproductive? To me, it's completely counterintuitive and, in the end, counterproductive. You want people to stay healthy. Go to the gym. Yes, wash your hands. Yes, use sanitizer and clean off the machinery. But you should be doing that anyway. I'm not not going to go to the gym. I've been a gym rep for 30 years. What I do is, when I'm touching equipment in there, I'm thinking, yeah, this is filled with germs. Some guy had just used this 45-pound uh, dumbbell before me, and he's got strep throat. So I am going to touch it. I'm going to lift. I'm going to put it back. And I'm not going to touch my eyes, my nose, or my mouth. It's just that simple. Or wear gloves. I'm not a glove person. I have these calluses. Um, but, but there's your... There's your opportunity. If you, if you want 
to wear gloves, wear gloves at the gym. It's fine. I don't care. But leave the gyms open. Leave the gyms open, you morons. Oh, well, in an abundance of caution. <sighs> Overreaction. And so we had some people running around the country saying, well, look, um, you know, look what they did in China. Uh, and, 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 and how they shut it down. Okay, the latest numbers out of China, it, it's true. These numbers are very encouraging, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, overall, we have how many cases uh, confirmed around the world? About 160,000 at this point. 6,000 dead. In China, 80, 000, it's been right around 80, 81,000 for a couple of weeks now. And the number of dead right around 3,000, I think it's 3,200. So they, they are on the downslope of, of the bell curve, okay? But we are not a totalitarian regime, right? We can't shut down cities and say you are going to be under house arrest for three weeks or a month. It's what they did in China, effectively. That's not America, and that's not American, and by the way, it's not constitutional either. One of the fundamental rights that the framers of the Constitution wanted to protect so badly was freedom of movement. And effectively, what these lead, some of these leaders are doing is crushing your freedom of movement, right? They want you to be a self-imposed house arrest. That's what they want. And so, we're not China, and we're not a totalitarian regime that can just say, hey, you folks are not allowed to even walk in the street. My Lord, have we lost our constitutional mooring completely that people don't see what I'm seeing? And of course, ding-dongs like Harry Joe Biden, well, they are all for all of this. Roll tape. Stop the tape. Harry Joe Biden is lying. As are the rest of them. Uh, not so Harry Chuck Schumer. Although his hair transplant has, has taken pretty well. I think whatever he paid for it, he didn't get ripped off. I mean, there's more hair there now. Um, there's also a, more of an ideological gap between himself and the United States Constitution. But Joe Biden and Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, they're all lying. And the mainstream media, by the way. Uh, this notion that the Trump administration cut Centers for Disease Control, CDC, uh, and Prevention's anti-pandemic work in over 40 countries to just 10. So they're out there like Harry Joe Biden saying that the Trump administration cut back funding for these programs to try and make sure that overseas countries don't have these pandemics that eventually reach our shore. The CDC says no, it's not true. Nothing was cut back. CDC operating budget plans show that is funding for global public health protection. These are these programs. Global public health protection. 
which includes global disease detection and emergency response and global public health capacity. So these budgets, the CDC operating budgets, increased from 58 million in fiscal year 2017 to around 108 million in fiscal years 2018 and 2019. Are you hearing that? The numbers almost doubled, almost doubled. And those amounts apparently went up again fiscal year 2020. CDC given 183 million for global public health protection. And by the way, as a footnote, when Harry Joe or, or Schumer, they come out and they say that these, uh, these countries have been cut back and just 10, no, uh, it, it's not just 40, by the way, it's 60 countries. So they're lying. They're absolutely lying that the Trump administration cut back funding to the CDC. It's a flat out lie. But here's the truth. The flu, so far in 2020, there has been 30 million cases, 30 million cases of the flu in 2020 so far. 200,000 Americans hospitalized with the flu, influenza. And so far, nearly 20,000 Americans dead. Again, flu, so far, the season's not over with, the cold and flu season. 2019-2020, cold and flu season for the flu, 30 million cases, 200,000 hospitalized, around numbers, 200,000 hospitalized, 20,000 dead. 200,000 hospitalized. And they're talking about, quote, overwhelming the system with corona. Well, what are the corona numbers? As of this moment, 3,200, slightly more than 3,200 cases. 3,200 cases of corona in this, the cold and flu season. 3,200 cases of corona versus 30 million of the flu. How many dead? 62. Of course, we don't want one, but there have been 62 Americans who have succumbed because of corona, and most of the time, other issues, other medical problems. 62 Americans have died so far in this coronavirus season versus 20,000, nearly 20,000 Americans with the flu. The death rate, mortality rate with the flu is one about 1%. And these numbers that they're throwing out here for corona of more than 3% is nonsense. Absolute nonsense because this is a, a moving target. And, and look at the U.S. numbers as an example. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, it was a couple days ago actually, where the number of diagnosed cases was in the hundreds. Well, now it's in the thousands. So, but the mortality rate is, is not climbing as quickly as the total number, aggregate number of diagnosed cases. And so this mortality rate for corona is gonna plummet. It's gonna plummet. Meantime, in 2009, do you remember the swine flu, H1N1? It made some headlines, it made some headlines, but then there was no panic. But six months into the H1N1 first arriving on U.S. 
shores six months in, a thousand Americans have died. So where are we on the curve with this one? Well, it's been in the United States, I'd say, about a month and a half, and we have 62 dead. So if we if we ran those numbers, I don't know if it's valid in a situation like this with the bell curve for a virus or not, but if, if we ran those numbers, you're talking a few hundred dead from coronavirus by the time this thing ends, right? Because the cold and flu season is going to end very soon. You know? There's no exact date, but you're talking certainly by May it's over because the weather warms up. It's just that simple. So six months into H1N1 in 2009, a thousand Americans had died. A thousand. And only at that point did Barack Hussein Obama declare a public health emergency. By the time H1N1 was over, it really accelerated, really accelerated over the, the, the months of H1N1 for a grand total of 60, that's six zero, 60 million cases of H1N1, 250,000 people hospitalized because of H1N1, swine flu, and in the end, 12,000 Americans dead because of the swine flu H1N1. Where's the proportion here? Where is the sense of proportion? Why the panic? Why are people losing their minds over corona? Why are there no cars on the freeway? Why are restaurants empty? Why are store shelves empty of certain products? It just doesn't make sense. What does make sense, though, is if you were scripting a movie to bring America to a standstill, you would kind of go like this. You'd have governors come out and say, hey, we're going to ban meetings of people of 250, 25 people. Uh, we strongly suggest that you close down Disneyland, and then the domino effect begins. Nike, closing down all stores. Malls are next, right? Restaurants, they're going to be forced to close if they're going to be empty. Um, you have people being warned not to use public transportation. What else is there? This is life in America. And it's grinding to a halt because of a bug. This is unprecedented. It's a very, very dangerous precedence. And I hope and I pray I never live through anything like this again. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.